This is a Federal News Network podcast. Stuck in bid protest jail, the Defense Department's Jedi Cloud program is once again delayed. This May will be two years since DOD released the Jedi solicitation. Meanwhile, the CIA's cloud procurement, known as C2E, it's humming along without any problems. It's scheduled for award in September. In his weekly feature, The Reporter's Notebook, executive editor Jason Miller writes about why some believe it's time for DOD to cut bait and jump in on the CIA's coattails. Jason joins me now with more. And Jason, the coronavirus seems to have crowded everything out. So if you would, just review the status of DOD's Jedi procurement right at the moment. Well, it still continues to be stuck in bid protests hell, if you want to call it that, at the Court of Federal Claims. And what DOD has done is, uh, based on the filings of the Amazon Web Services, DOD said we will make some small revisions to the procurement. And then AWS has filed a brief to say, no, that's not enough. We want much larger revisions. So they're kind of going back and forth. And I think they're waiting for the judge to decide, is DOD's changes enough? Or do does the judge want DOD to make bigger changes based on the, the brief that Amazon filed? So again, we are still months and months and months away from this being resolved. And meanwhile, the CIA is asking for what in their C2E acquisition? This is their big procurement. This is the follow-on to something they did back in 2013 timeframe, which was the C2S. Now, this was really the first major cloud initiative in the intelligence community and really, in many ways, across a lot of government in the way that the CIA is using it. So C2E is now a multi-cloud, multi-vendor approach versus the single award approach of both Jedi and the 2013 award C2S, which did go to AWS. What the CIA basically is asking for is two main things. They're asking for cloud services, both platform infrastructure and software as a service, but they're also asking for a cloud broker help, somebody like a you know, systems integrator, but but larger to help out with this idea of, okay, I have, I have this cloud from here and that cloud from there. How do I make sure that my collectors and analysts and other staff members can have access to those systems, those data, those applications that live in those clouds and how to do it seamlessly so I don't have to turn, you know, one on, turn sure. the other one off. So I think what they're doing in many ways is seen as the future of cloud, not just for the CIA, but really for all of government. And you're hearing people are saying this, that DOD should, you know what, Forget about Jedi, just get on board with the CIA. Tom, one thing that we all have to keep in mind about Jedi is the solicitation was released in May 2018. Here we are, April 2020. So it's almost two full years since the solicitation was released. If you want to backtrack that, when did DOD begin coming up with the requirements for the solicitation? Well, that takes us back to 2017, potentially even 2016. So we're talking about requirements, Tom, that are now three, four, five years old. Why does DOD continue down this path to say Jedi is our, our one, one of the many ways we want to hit the cloud? Why not look to take a step back and say, hey, this doesn't really make sense anymore? And that's just not from someone like me who, who's just reporting on this, but this comes from experts in the field. The IT Acquisition Advisory Council, which is made up of former DOD and civilian technology officials, and they've been, let's be honest, Tom, they've been a very outspoken and longtime critic of the Jedi procurement. And what they're saying is the Jedi does not even match with the DOD cloud strategy strategy, which does call for multi-vendor, multi-cloud approach. And if you think about what's happening across other parts of the military services, the Air Force, for instance, with their Platform One and their Cloud One initiative, again, multi-platform, multi-cloud, right? Uh, Army and Navy following similar suits. They're looking at multi-cloud, multi 
multi-vendor approaches to cloud computing. So why is Jedi stuck saying we're going to have only one vendor to start with and then maybe, quote-unquote, add more? And I think even though that this is a couple years old, the size of the contract, which, again, estimates to be $10 billion over 10 years, and the first mover status, and there's a, still a whole set of concerns that come with Jedi, even here we are again, Tom, two years later, and he, even the fact that DOD, yeah. much of DOD has moved out with the cloud and, and did not wait for Jedi. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Jason Miller. Is there any mechanism, though, by which DOD could drop Jedi and just say, okay, we'll go with the C2E over at the CIA? One thing they could do is just because this is still, you know, again, in bid protests and they have to get out of it, and they could just cancel the entire contract. Now, Microsoft, who won the contract, and, and Amazon would be very disappointed. They could potentially pay for Microsoft's and Amazon's costs just to kind of say, hey, we recognize we put you through a lot. Here's some money to help re- you recoup the bid and, bid and proposal costs and the protest costs. And then probably call CIA and say, hey, the C2E solicitation looks great. We want to jump on board. What Can, can, can we make it a multi-agency? Because DOD is in the intelligence community, so it's not that far-fetched. Now, the question is, why? What, what is stopping them from moving forward? Is it something nefarious, as some people believe? Is it just they're digging their heels in because they don't want to be wrong? I, I believe, Tom, that if they just say, we're going to admit that this is, is, is run its course, Jedi was a good idea back in 2017, 2018, but in 2020 it's not a good idea anymore. Uh, they, they get a little bit of pie on their face for a couple of weeks with people like me and my colleague Jared Serbu writing stories, kind of shaking our fists, saying, look, we told you so. But the long story, the, the better story is, hey, they have now taken the, the more modern, smarter approach that many people believe in, and they're using it, and they're getting the capabilities, which in the end, Tom, this is what matters. They're getting, they would be getting capabilities to the warfighter much more quickly. And that's what ITAA kind of says. They're looking to amend proposals. There's continued to be bid protests. But if you just get out of it, yep. you can roll out those cloud, inform- those cloud capabilities much more quickly, resolve this whole Jedi thing, and, and, no, and, and keep costs where they're at, and really not worry about future interoperability problems. There's ways to solve this. Whether or not they do, it's it's hard to say. Congress obviously was interested for a while. We have not seen a lot of interest lately. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of pressure sure. from, from other parts, too. Well, maybe it'll end up being someday called the Waterloo contract instead of JEDI. And meantime, this week, you're also reporting DOD and the intelligence community are also working together to take action to ensure contractors continue to get paid. Tell us more about that. So this comes from the CARES Act, and this is a Section 3610, Tom, if you're keeping score at yes, home. Yes, indeed. This is a very important section for contractors, you know, because what it basically says is if you have contractors who cannot come to work because of the coronavirus, because they're, they're doing classified work, because their facilities are shut down, for whatever reason, it is important, Congress believes it is important to keep contractors in a ready state. What does that mean? Well, DOD put out a memo, ODNI put out a memo really describing what ready state means and how vendors can receive payment if, if they cannot come to work because of the coronavirus. Now, a couple things in there that's really important is you can't double dip, right? You can't say, well, I got some money from DOD and I got some money from another part of the government to, to help keep me going. So, for instance, the Paycheck Protection Program is something that they should be aware of. They're not saying they can't get both, but they do need to be aware of it, especially since the Paycheck Protection Program is for small businesses. They have to make sure they identify all the reasons why, work with their contracting officer, work with their contracting officer representatives, and ensure everything is, you know, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. They just can't assume, well, I can come in, I'm going to get paid, right? Make sure you do all your, your smart things. And, and then the second piece of this is, can you do work from home? Can the contract be 
modified? Can you do part of the contract from home? And DOD released a set of frequently asked questions that are really important to this that we will have a link up on federalnewsnetwork.com for everyone to see. But, Tom, this is, an, this is huge both for the contracting community but more broadly for the industrial base, for the Defense Department and the intelligence community, because as we know, so much of the work is outsourced, so much so much of the work is a partnership between industry and government, that if one side of that partnership doesn't come to work or can't come to work, the whole thing could fall apart very easily. Federal News Network's Jason Miller, thanks so much. Always a pleasure, Tom. Check out his notebook. It's now online at federalnewsnetwork.com. Stay up to date on your agency's latest responses to coronavirus. Visit our special resources page at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.